everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. I'm finally playing all the Zelda games. Rick, you can no longer go after me about that. <laughs> and yet, A Link to the Past is still... Yes, accounted I'll for. Get uh, also, I'll get there. <laughs> with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill, and guess who just finished a link to the past for his annual holiday playthrough? So, you know, is it you? I, I'm gonna guess yes, you. It's me. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, great. You guessed correctly. It's I, I didn't want to guess wrong. A link to the past tradition I talked about a few weeks ago. So, you well, know, it's a, it's and it is about that time of year, the holiday times. We're 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 coming out of the mm-hmm. holidays. We've we've taken a, a week, a couple weeks off here to kind of hang out with family and and travel around a little bit and now we are returning back here to catch up uh mark has been doing a fantastic job of clearing through his backlog somehow somehow (laughs) i think i I, honestly i i mentioned this in the chat over the break just like i think it's very impressive that you were able to be like all right i'm just gonna go down this list like I, i have the opposite problem where i picked up like i don't know a dozen things, and uh, with the exception of, with one notable exception, I, I finished one thing. Um, but but uh, I think that's great that you were able to mm-hmm. actually finish a bunch of stuff, uh, Mark. I'm very impressed with that. Um, Do you want to dive right into all of them? Are we going to go through uh, all our We may our, as well. Um, <laughs> like... Wait, sorry, what was the second thing that second thing you said? No, 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 go through all our completions. Or did you guys not finish some of these games? The only wow. game I finished was Met. Well, that's not true. I finished two games. Um, I finished uh, Portal, and you also finished Portal, and mm-hmm. I finished it yes. because you were playing it. So I was like, great, that's an excuse to play Portal again. And I also finished Metroid Fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm almost done with Blasphemous, but I have not finished Blasphemous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I feel like I'm like towards the end of that game, just based on I don't know, based on like how it feels. It feels like eh, I feel like I'm pretty close to the end of this game. Um, I started. What did I start? I started uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap, as well as uh, Link's Awakening, the remake for Switch, which Mark, I know you have also been playing. Mm-hmm. I finished it. And you finished it. Okay, great, awesome. Yes. See, I just did like mm-hmm. I did like one dungeon just just the other night, just because I I felt like it. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, I've still been playing uh, the RPG we talked about, uh, Chained Echoes, which I super, super still love. And I feel like I'm at the tail end of that game as well. And then I can finally write a full-fledged, uh, very in-depth review. It's going to happen, Campbell. I, I swear to God, it's it's going to happen. I'm waiting. Um, still living up to those impressions? Honestly, I think so. I think the back half loses a little bit of steam. Um, but that's, that's 99% of video games. Uh, like Mm -hmm. you hit that 25 hour mark and it's like, all right, well, what are we doing here guys? Uh, so I'm at about like 35 hours or so. And it feels like I'm like, okay, I'm ramping up to what feels like the final, I don't know, maybe two or three areas. And they're still throwing party members at me. My party, my party is now like nine members and it's like, I don't need this many party members. Like you can get by with six, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, they just keep like introducing things. I'm like, okay, they, this has got to stop at some point. That said, the gameplay is still really engaging. The plot is is really good, surprisingly. Um, and I, I did a little research um, since the last time we talked about this game. It was mostly developed by one guy. Um, oh wow! Was, yeah, that's that's the crazy. I think that's perhaps the, the one of the more notable things about Chain Echoes is that it is mostly developed by one by one guy in Germany, I believe. 
um, which mm-hmm. makes which makes sense. Some of the uh, some of the localization or some of the writing issues where I was like, I'm not sure about this. It mm-hmm. makes sense because uh, English, I think, is a second language. Um, so that adds up. Uh, it's still really fun, and I still really do recommend it. Um, I know Campbell, I know both of you guys. We, I mean, we're going to talk about it next week when we talk about uh, you know the other RPGs we've been playing. Um, I know you guys are both huge RPG fans, and this one really is like I think extremely good. Um, Me, biggest RPG fan on the show, of course. Well, you, here's you, the thing: you, you always, you, yeah. Mark, you always say that. Oh, I don't like RPGs that much. Every time we talk about an RPG, you're like, "Oh, I love that one." Oh, this exactly. Is yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Persona. Yeah. I love Mark, Final Fantasy. Mark, I, I've, Mark, I've never played an RPG in my life. Platinum's Persona Five Royal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, really we'll, we'll get to that. I actually have two games I started and haven't finished. One of them is Final Fantasy VII, and uh, oh, right, we'll get to yes. that one soon. Mm-hmm. Do we just want to go like straight down? A let's list? let's kind of let's yeah, kind of sure. round robin it. Um, like I, I mentioned a little bit of what I've been playing, and then and then I, I would love to talk about my impressions of those games. But Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. what you've been playing, and then Campbell can do the same, and then we can kind of get into like, okay, what did you like? What did you not like? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I did ten games over the break. Oh my God. Um, I can't talk about one of them. I'm on the, like the final boss, but we can't talk Ooh. about it until January thirtieth. So. Okay, You'll so hear about weeks, it after that. <laughs> so that kind of actually paused my whole backlog. Uh, I was working on Final Fantasy VII before I started playing that, but then I got the code for it, and I was like, well, I got to focus my efforts on this now to mm-hmm. do the write-ups mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's why I stopped Final Fantasy VII. But I did start it, and I'm really enjoying it so far. There's certain elements about it that have like aged a bit, and I'm also kind of surprised that, you know, it's a PS1 game on Switch, and some of the performance it has a few issues, which kind of shocked me. Well, it's but, more yeah, like I'm a really... straight port, right? Like, other than, like, kind of the upscale of the graphics, but I think it's a, a straight-up port. Am yeah, I, am I wrong like about that? Aren't they, like, emulating it, basically? Yeah, they're, like, emulating it or something, but it does have frame rate, like, issues. And it's just kind of surprising to me. I didn't know if it's, like, a choice to keep, like, the authenticity of it and things look and run a bit slower. Well, yeah, they, they or, didn't you know, code it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's just an upscaling, as far as I understand. Yeah, um, yeah. I just thought that this. Yeah, I just thought this thing would have been at like a solid thirty frames per second or like something like that. It's not a big issue. The game's I mean, great, but to be completely honest, you know, I'm not sure if I'd have noticed any of that because I've been playing this game. Spoilers: I've been playing Final Fantasy VII entirely. Yes. Yeah, three three mm-hmm. times the speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But there are moments where I just like to like sit back and read it, and I'll like put it at the regular speed, and it's like. Oh, this this looks a little rough in some areas. I but mean, no, no, it's great so far. It's extremely rough. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it's impressive, you know. For yeah, by modern standards, for its time, it's extremely impressive the way they implement exactly. like the the background images into the foreground and so, just everything about it was impressive for its time. But um, I guess I should mention it since I made it like a little ranking of what was my favorite I played and what was my least favorite. So starting with my least favorite, which is not on Switch, um, Deathloop was the only game I technically didn't finish. It was the only game I abandoned. I don't like first-person shooters that, like, a uh, story mode-focused first-person shooter. I feel like they never land with me. I just couldn't get into Deathloop, which I love the characters and stuff of it, so that's all I'll say about that one. Move on to Switch stuff. Yeah. Uh, at the bottom... talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the bottom, another first-person shooter, sort of, Portal... I knew about this game for years. I know you guys really like it. 
I don't see all the hype for it. I think it's I think it's impossible to divorce this game from its historical context. Like mm-hmm. no, of course, like saying, of course, yeah. It's like it's interesting. Like, listen, we should circle back to talk about it because I'm. Like, listen, Portal doesn't need any of us to defend it. Like, it's Valve is fine. Like, like Gabe Newell doesn't care about what we think about Portal. Yeah. But I do want to. I do want to <laughs> circle back to to what you to what you thought worked, or what you thought didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. but let's let's kind of get through the rest no, of, of your, the rest. No, of we can do, we can start I, I, going I, I, through it now if you curious, want. <laughs> genuinely curious to. Uh, I just I just thought it was you know like an I thought it was a pretty average puzzle game. The Portal mechanics themselves are like. It's very influential for its time, and you could see how, you know, just... It's such a creative idea, and the way that you can see yourself through the portals and just, zip, you know, zip-zap to other areas, yeah. and it's just, like, it works perfectly. But overall, I was like, this is a very slow puzzle game. I feel like the majority of it, it's like... I, I told you guys this in the chat, you know, first time playing, I've never played a portal game before, mm-hmm. never had my hands on a controller... I completed 50% of the game in 17 minutes. And yeah. I was like, whoa. And then the rest, but here's the other thing. The other 50%, my total runtime when I finished was like an hour, 10 minutes. So it's like, that was like, there were small difficulty spikes every now and then. And I was like, well, it's not really a balanced experience for the most part. I just felt like it didn't live up to my expectations because everyone calls this game like a masterpiece and i think it's very influential it's very creative in terms of storytelling and stuff like that but i i just wasn't blown away by it i i didn't feel like this you know mechanically i think it's very you know earning of its high mantle but in terms of everything overall i was like this is a average puzzle game (laughs) i didn't really have uh, anything else about it that is shocking to me um not shocking. I guess. I guess when you put, it's always tough for things to, like, w- whenever a game is like, this is the best game of 2007, or like whatever it is. Then you go back and you play, yeah. it, you know, 13 <laughs> years later, whatever it is. It's like, well, all right, like that was that game. Yeah. Like, like I was playing it. And I was thinking to myself, like, really? Like, didn't Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, and like Mario Galaxy, and like a few other games come out the same? <laughs> Same well, time frame. I think, that's, I think like, that's the thing you know? about. I mean, it's funny going back and playing the original Uncharted to me is like kind of a rough experience. Um, there are some slow, I, yeah. There's some slow elements to it, not but I felt like slow you know, I'm, I'm saying like, like to me, what makes Portal work, and, and Campbell, feel free to chime in here if you agree or disagree. I think what to me what makes Portal earn the title of like, you know, quote unquote masterpiece. Um, is the fact that it's short and sweet. I feel like it has this idea and executes on it, like, pretty, in my mind, pretty perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the humor lands for me. Um, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And, like, again, the mechanics with, like, the momentum and the portal gun, like, genius. Yeah. The problem is that I feel like it's kind of just, like, an oddball. I know the game is supposed to be, like, an experiment, that the the player character is going through, but it didn't feel like something that was progressively getting harder. It felt like something that was kind of just like, let's do this and let's do that. And it like, it kind of feels like it needs to be reordered in a different structure to make sense. Cause I feel like there's certain roadblocks where you really have to experiment, which I like, but again, when it's trying to teach you certain mechanics, because once you get to the end and you have to use every mechanics on like Mm -hmm. the games, if you even want to call it like a boss battle, but, you know, the ending fight against GLaDOS is like, yeah. 
it, it's just like that is perfect but i feel like the entire build-up to it is not exactly didn't, perfect didn't quite, didn't quite land for you interesting it didn't yeah um, it didn't land for me i would i would urge you to it's funny based on all the things you're describing mark i would urge you to play portal 2 Oh no, I am. Yeah, that's oh, you are. that's okay, on my list. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. on your list. It Just came because like, I got that. Yeah, I got the bundle. So I, you, have yeah, I think it's. I think I think you have to get them both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you can buy just one or the other. Um, no, you yeah, can't. You got to buy yeah, both. Uh, yeah. I got the same thing on Switch. It was on sale a few weeks ago around the holidays, mm-hmm. and and I picked up the same bundle. Another game um, I convinced you to buy and then didn't proceed to play for weeks. It's true. Well, you know what though? At least at least I, I held up my end of the bargain and actually played it. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, I think Portal 2 addresses a lot of the things that you that didn't quite land for you in terms of uh, a difficulty that progresses more cleanly and like mm. a more cohesive story. Like I, I think that'll. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. Again, I don't. I don't want to overhype it because I, I. I agree with you that when you when you approach something that's that hyped, it's impossible for it to meet those expectations. Like I. I, I kind of. Of course. Yeah. I kind of buy that. For me, that's Dark Souls. Like playing the original Dark Souls, I'm like, all right, like this is Dark Souls. Uh, and again, which, like I liked it. Like I, I genuinely liked no, no, listen, it. I just didn't. Again, I don't see the Mark, huge hype for it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally get that. And again, we we don't have to like defend the merits of it. Like this is oh, of course, uh, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, uh, I think it's, I to me, it's actually very interesting that that you have, um, like kind of a, like I think it's awesome that you are approaching this game that is you know, a lot, a lot older Um, and you gave it a fair shot. Like I I think, I I feel like that's, what's good about you as a critic is that you're pretty good at like objectively approaching things. You know what I mean? And I I, Mm. I don't know. I think it's cool that you're like, all right, I'm I'm going to apply like a, like a pretty objective lens to this game and, and tell you, you know, here's what falls short. I think that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Campbell, where where do you land on the whole portal, the portal debate? (laughs) Is this a good time to mention that I've never actually played the Portal games for myself? What the <laughs> God? I've been ca- shouldering the secret deep within myself while Mark's been texting us about this for weeks. Just like wow. you know what, you were conspicuously silent on those. Uh... <laughs> yes, wow. there's a reason for that because I don't have Damn. an opinion. <laughs> what no. the closest interaction I've had with Portal is that uh, many years ago I watched a big YouTube, you know playthrough of portal 2 and i was like huh this game is funny and then i had no urge to actually play, to play it oh myself. man i so, oh, there you go that's where i am on this epic debate what a controversial position from myself mm-hmm. i'm uh i'm shocked i'm shook i'm shocked and shook at the same time um <laughs> well I'm so sorry no 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 don't be i damn i uh first i gosh i must have because you've probably said this before in a previous podcast Right, I like, so. uh, like, like when it got announced or something, we, yeah. we probably had this exact. Probably, we, I think we, we probably did have this exact discussion. Yes. I was gonna say this, this was, was the so Express long podcast. Ago, right? so, I can't yeah. even <laughs> remember when this was announced. So yeah, it's all good. I think I've it was said a Nintendo many times, Direct. It yeah. was a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, and I've know many times I've looked at that bundle and been like, yes, this is the time. This is when I'm gonna take that plunge, and then I don't, and I just that cycle keeps continuing. So wow. that's all it well, is. Listen, like, if you... Well, I, I, I love this, the sense of humor and the style and I recognize the impact, but also, you know, I feel like I have to be in a certain mood for these kinds of puzzle games, you know? Like, I'm not Interesting. a giant It's funny that fan. you guys keep calling it a puzzle game. Like, it's... Like, it's what like, else yes, is it? You it is, puzzles. yeah. Well, it's it's categorized puzzles, as a puzzle game. It's a game, game with puzzles yeah. in it, but it's like, I wouldn't call it... For me, I wouldn't call it primarily a puzzle game. It's like, 
Well, that's, that's, that's okay. That's me talking out of my ass. It's like... Uh, what do you do in this game aside <laughs> from solve puzzles? Well, sure. Fair enough. But it's like... I don't know. It's... Uh, I don't know. It's more immersive to me. It's like... Here's, here's what really brought me down with this game. The Stanley Parable was absolutely fantastic. And I think every single idea that that game tried to do, it does perfectly. And I feel like Portal, it's made by the same developers, it doesn't do that. That's the thing for me. Wait, it and that maybe, you know. Well, it's yeah, published it by Valve. It's not made Valve. by the same developers. Is it not the same developers? I thought it was uh, the same. It's, it's very also. much in like the same Val- style. Valve published it. But, but I don't think they it's just the same published developers. it. Okay. But after playing uh, that Valve game, it was like. Stanley Parable is just so good. <laughs> It's good. It's a good game. Um, to me, there's that's really interesting. Um, yeah, different designers for uh, Stanley Parable based on gotcha. what I'm looking at here, um, and also different publishers. Same engine, yeah, yeah, same engine though. Sure, it looks exactly the same. That's true. I, I remember playing that game um, on Steam uh, myself. Yeah, um, interesting. Well, Campbell, you're gonna have to report back to us uh, when you eventually get around <laughs> to Portal. Like, and l- mm-hmm. listen. Everyone should play Portal. Like to be clear, I, I think it's it's short and sweet. Um, if anything, if you just want like a little context of like the year it came out, like it's it's important. Like if you're into the history of games development, like uh, playing that game and being like, okay, why is this? Why do people like this game? What was it? What was around it at the time? Like what were people latching onto? I mm-hmm. think for that alone, it's worth playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't the this Switch game, version? It was made in like a week. Or like a month. It was it was originally like a game jam game. Um, mm-hmm. Kim Swift, the designer, uh, like had this idea, and uh, and the and the people who the, over over there at Valve were like, we love this. We would like to buy this idea from you and turn it into a full game. Um, and then they did. Uh, so like I don't know. It's like like learning the development history of it is very interesting. Like it's it's a mm. it's a fascinating like road to that game's release and the sequel is also pretty good i think the sequel is a little over yeah everyone says the sequel is better from what i've heard that's not true but uh oh man there's your position yeah yeah listen i think the sequel is good to be it's 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 a little too drawn out it's like that like okay you like this here's more of it like i think it's a little drawn out personally but uh but i could see why people might might prefer it to the original i don't know you know on that Um, note cameron like uh Literally, Mark, what you were when you were saying that uh, Portal One was like too short, basically, it was over too quick. Like that is probably the biggest factor that's just made me more excited and interested in playing the game, <laughs> just oh because God. I don't it's need another. I've got like three twenty-hour, thirty, forty, fifty-hour RPGs on my plate right now. You yeah. know, a, a nice short and sweet game would be lovely. So that's what I'm saying. Listen, and I know that may, you know. Listen, maybe you got a little, maybe you got a little eShop money. Uh, over the yeah. holidays, maybe we gotta spend that somewhere. I don't <laughs> Hypothetically, yeah. Gotta put it into something. You gotta know? put it into something. True. Uh, something. Keep, keep. What else you got on your backlog there, Mark? Let's let's keep it keep it going. Uh, okay, so after I put my phone away, number number seven was Limbo, which is mm-hmm. um, mm. it, it was good. I I liked it. It was it left me a bit. You know how do I put this? It's interesting the way it's directed, because. When I finished it, I was like, "Did they like die in a car crash? These kids or something like that? <laughs> like what? The, it's, what it's led kind of like to the, this? The famously ambiguous ending of Limbo mm-hmm. is is one of its one of the reasons everybody still talks about it. You know, some might I think say it's a, it leaves you in limbo by the end. <laughs> anyway, go on. It's Mark. it's it's a good puzzle game. Uh, the art style it's used in a very interesting way, and I think the puzzles were good. And again, unlike Portal, I think. 
this game gets progressively more difficult. And I felt like it was constantly challenging me to rethink the environment. And I was just impressed by the whole production of it. I know this was like one of the premier like indie Xbox games. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, it's good. It's, it's definitely worth a playthrough today. I just re-downloaded it um, last night, actually, because I, I had this game. I bought this game when it. Uh, oh, let's see, I got this game when it first came to PlayStation. So that was some gotcha. years after its after its original release. So I just re-downloaded it somewhat uh, just last night, just to be like, oh, you know what, I should play this again. Um, mm-hmm. And that studio. It's also, definitely it's one of those games that constantly makes you think of like what this could be about, and even up oh, until yeah. the ending, like I still feel like I have different theories behind everything yeah well i yeah. think it's just i, I love limbo uh, and i think one of the things that is so interesting about this game to me is that i felt so empty inside by the time i finished it and yeah, i know it's, it's supposed to it's a do sad that. game yeah. yeah but it's like empty but like a satisfying sort of empty in a way because it ends and it's so ambiguous it's so strange it kind of comes out of nowhere but there's such like a a minor crescendo going up towards it which not to go into too much detail, anybody who hasn't played it yet absolutely should. Short game, really memorable, cool experience. Maybe avoid it if you have like severe arachnophobia or anything like it's about that. about to say. But <laughs> if you can get over some terrifying, creepy crawlies, it's a fascinating game. Mm-hmm. And it's a really an experience unlike any other. I will say, though, that I really prefer Inside to Limbo. Oh, so That was Besides, one game I did not get to play. You gotta play Inside, Mark. I fully agree with you, Campbell, but I will say this. I feel like you appreciate Inside more after you play Limbo. I was just about to say the same thing. I think they're great because Inside is basically like it tackles the same vibe, I'd say, as Limbo, but it's a little more direct, a little more um, out in the open with it, I suppose, whereas Limbo is extremely minimalist. Inside has a lot of, you know really dramatic set pieces a lot more variety more visual environmental variety going on with it and the ending is even more insane significantly more insane than limbo i think playing them back to back they tackle similar themes but in such different and yet complementary ways it's really worth trying that out i love limbo limbo's like i don't know like top 10 game for me i love that game yeah um and the developers also have a the developer, one of the developers, because um, I know that studio split up, uh, but one of the designers uh, just released a game called Somerville, oh. uh, which I have not played yet. <laughs> I'll check that one out then. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it's on Switch, but uh, it came out like a couple of months ago. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, nice. So you got Limbo. What else? Uh, so number six, When the Past Was Around. I really oh, like this game. Yes. It was heck it was yes. very good. I know I mentioned a few podcasts back that I completed it. This is basically anything from like December to now. So yeah. I got this one. Um, yeah, the art style of it is extremely mesmerizing, and the way the narrative is told is very interesting. It's it's one of those experiences where I'm not really a huge fan of point and clicks. But it was something where I was like, okay, I got to know what's the depth, like what's what's going on behind these two characters. And it just kept me hooked till the end. And the puzzle solving was, I, I felt like it was extremely articulated, like it was well put together and I didn't mm. need a guide to like figure it out. But the way the puzzles, like I felt like this was the type of game where it's like I'm pulling out pen and paper to make sure I finish yes, it the right absolutely. way. And it's like, that's the way to play this game. And it's great. I really enjoyed it. 
Okay, so question. Though, be- beautiful you, music too. Yes, beautiful music. Question though, did you cry at the end? Um, I did not. That was <laughs> that was the thing about this game. I feel like since you know, especially you, Campbell, you're more connected to music, so I felt like there was um, yes. there was definitely more weight for someone like you with it. I felt like yeah. for me, it kind of ended, and I was like. I kind of wish there was a little bit more depth to the, you know, the female character in this whole story. But it was like, it was really good and it was interesting seeing, you know, how this owl character is represented. He is an owl, right? That's what he's supposed to be. The well, He's like supposed to be, but, you know, the owl mm-hmm. is symbolic, of course. Of course, yeah. If she's not literally in love with an owl. <laughs> of course, yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Just putting that out there. But, of course, uh, yeah. Uh, no disrespect to any uh, furries who are listening. Uh, no, nope, they fe- get fe- mm, feathery. We don't. We're not for furries, of course. <laughs> we're not, okay, so we're know. taking a stand. This is the Express <laughs> Podcast official stand. Mm-hmm. Any furries listening? Anybody in love with an owl? You can get the hell out. Get your owl persona <laughs> out of here. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, that's a great game, and that's a and, uh, and again, Mark, something that I respect about uh, about your your backlog decisions is that you did a good job of alternating between like big blockbusters and like indie palette cleansers mm-hmm. um, yeah that every single what i did was i did triple a indie triple a indie and i just yeah. kept going like that yeah and obviously when the pass was around was your was your indie mm-hmm. that was the first the game i played on all of this i think Nice. I think that was, no, actually, there's there's another coming up that I played first. Uh, but next, number five, we're not going to talk about it long. Miles Morales, some mm-hmm. more Spider-Man. I felt the story kind of fell a little flat, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, moving on, four, Gato Roboto. I just finished this a few days ago. It is so good. This is such a simple Metroidvania, but it's just, it's so concise, and the maps are so easy to read. And just, it made me want to explore every nook and cranny of the map. And I love those little filters that they give you. And the main character, Kiki, the fact that you're a cat in a Samus suit is, like, perfect. <laughs> Extremely funny. It's like the cutest Metroidvania ever made, I think. Oh, it 100% yeah. is, yeah. Especially, I love that that last scene where it says Mission Complete and the little, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, that one scene, that <laughs> the one little animation is just like, oh. It's so adorable. <laughs> that's good, and also that's the one you can get out of the out of the suit too, right? Yes, like you get out of the suit can, to solve. Yeah, you crawl yeah. around to solve puzzles and stuff. Yeah, love that. Yeah, it was love great. That. Moving on to the big one, Link's Awakening, and number three. This game is absolutely phenomenal. It's Gold. it's just yeah, it's fantastic. the The way the whole world is set up, the fact that it's all like toy miniatures and the plastic look to it, and the puzzle solving, it, I felt like you kind of need a guide at certain points. Where there was one dungeon where I was like, "Yeah, I would never be able to figure this out on my own." Like it was just I, you know, if I sat there for hours on end, I could probably figure it out. But it was just like too stress inducing. Ooh, which one? But, uh, um. Oh my gosh! Was it the? It was the one with the pillars, and you had to use the iron ball to knock the pillars over. Ah, uh, I think it was the boy. Eagle Tower. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to know the name of the dungeon. I'm just curious what what puzzle mm. gave you gave you pause. It was uh, the bird tower fun. in the corner of the map. Yeah, nice. It, it was just like I, I found it to be too difficult. I was like, the rest of the game gave me no trouble. Never needed a guide really. But um, yeah, it was. I'm you know. 
I'm now drawn to 2D Zelda games. I want to play A Link to the Past soon. I was thinking, though, maybe I should play A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, though. Ooh, you should play A Link because... Between Worlds, but I would say you should play A Link to the Past first, and gotcha. then you'll appreciate A Link Between Worlds even more because it's both a remake, a reimagining, and a sequel to A Link to the Past at the same mm. time. Although Mark, Here's the, here's the I... current debate, though. Do I play A Link to the Past or do I play Ocarina of Time? Which I'll just get it out of the way. Number two was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Love that game. And number one was Skyward Sword HD, which is just incredible. The whole thing. Heck yeah. I just love, yeah. The controls gave me a bit of trouble at the beginning, but then once I got adjusted, I was like zipping through this thing. One of us. One of us. We need more <laughs> Skyward Sword fans out there. <laughs> so, it, honestly, uh, Breath of the Wild is still my favorite Zelda but I would put this right under it. Okay, so I gotta ask Mark, what is it that puts Skyward Sword so high on your Zelda ranking right now? Like, there's so much just to the, love about it, but what is it? Just the whole world, and I felt like the puzzle solving was very, again, like, Link's Awakening was, you know, it's a Game Boy game, so it's gonna be a lot more simpler, and the fact that it's a 2D game, obviously, 3D can be a lot more, I don't wanna say creative, it could be a lot more in-depth because of the dimension to it, but, it was just, there was something about Skyward Sword where I always had, like, an aha moment. And it, even though I, I told you guys this, like, I needed a guide, like, that that final temple, forget it. That thing is a mess where you have to move, like, nine blocks <laughs> around the brutal. screen Absolutely to figure brutal. it. Yeah, I pulled up the IGN guide because I couldn't, after the first part, I was like, I'm totally lost on what to do. But... You know, like, even the combat, I feel like for its time, for the Wii, like, when I first played this game, I wish I played it with a remote that worked. Because <laughs> it's probably really immersive to play on the Wii. And I know a lot of people didn't get that experience. I was one of them. But, yeah, this game, you know, even in handheld mode, it works great. I just wish my one complaint about this game, and I absolutely hate that they did this, is that you have to hold down the R button to move the camera... Otherwise else, your stick just hits with your sword. And I felt like that was a huge, you know, step back because I would constantly want to move the camera casually and I couldn't do it because I'd always have to be like, oh, right, I have to hold down the button. So I'd end up pulling out my sword and I'd end up, it's just like, it still, even to like the halfway point of the game, I was still doing that. So that's my one yeah. flaw with the game. This game has no control options whatsoever. It needs accessibility. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to do that because Nintendo, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's interesting. Like, the entire... And, and Campbell, I'm, I know that you're, like, out of the three of us, definitely, like, the Skyward Sword head. I, I'm the, um, the Skyward Sword stand over here, absolutely. That's right. Uh, it's like, obviously, they had to completely reimagine the control scheme because it was such a singular uh, way to play that game on the Wii. Um, it's I don't know, Campbell, it's been, like, what? It's been, like, what, two years since that game came out? I think a we're Just in 2023 now, so it's been like a year and a half. It came a out year and a half. Uh, yeah. summer of 2021. Like yeah. So, what do you think, Campbell? Do, do the how do we feel about this the the weird reworked controls that they offer? I for feel the like version? they really did the best that they possibly could with this, without requiring it to be you know motion controls only. I think they did the best they can do with mapping it all to a controller. Because, Mark, I totally get your concern about the the camera controls i agree that it sucks that you can't control the camera manually mm. without having to hold down the trigger but i think that the 
uh, inverse of that is if you made the right stick default to control the camera, then you would have to hold down the uh, one of the bumpers in order to pull out your sword, right? But see, and here's then, the thing. I wouldn't mind that because you yeah. lock on to like everything constantly. Yes, but so I feel like it doesn't really make a difference. Though, there are instances, though, where you need to use your sword without locking on to something. Of course, yeah. Right? So that's where you end up having something tricky, where it's, say, if you have some bamboo to your right, but an enemy's coming at you, if you hold down the you know the left trigger to draw your sword and you start targeting that enemy but wait you want to cut the bamboo to the right then you know you just start it just messes up with the gameplay and messes up the combat flow of course yeah. so they had to prioritize making it smooth to draw your sword and fight enemies which you know that's obviously the highest priority for a game that's so built around using mm -hmm. motion controls to swing your sword so i think they compromise as best they could but that doesn't excuse there not being a you know any control options to speak of they should at least provide this as a default and then say hey if you really want to you know make the the sword on the left stick and move with the right stick you can do that you know mm. there should be at least some option to map it but again they did the best they could and given how controversial the controls were before on the wii I think it's good that they're that you can play with buttons to begin. Of with. course, yeah. yeah. That was how I played the majority of the game. I yeah. I tried using motion like once or twice, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna stick to buttons. Plus, yeah. I'll get my money out of my OLED. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and it looks great on an OLED. It does. Too, it's right? yeah. It's one of the best looking Switch games I've played in it's, handheld mode. It's, it's just so it's beautiful. so good. That's yeah. why I love And the soundtrack is glorious. Phenomenal. Glorious. You know, Mark, that's what I keep saying about Skyward Sword. It's so controversial with the controls, the linearity. I'll say those two things, they suck, <laughs> you know, unequivocally. But if you get past those, there's so many things this game does that are really the best in the series. It has the best story in the series, one of the best soundtracks, the best dungeons, the best boss battles, the best characters. It's mm. really insane how much this game gets right. And having it on Switch really just makes it easier to appreciate all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this game I put above Link's Awakening because I feel like the world building of it and the characters are just, you know, obviously Link's Awakening has a lot less, but the concept of Link's Awakening offers a lot too. Because the idea that Link is sucked into this island and he's stuck here and perhaps these people don't actually exist, like, the whole idea of it is is really interesting. But uh, I feel like Mark. with, you know, with Skyward Sword, it's like, everything feels more tangible in that game with the dialogue. I just feel yeah. like it's a lot better. I think, yeah, I think what's really interesting about comparing the two is that I think they're great for their own reasons. Skyward Sword is great, like you said, fleshing out the world, providing the lore, providing these real characters who feel like humans, <laughs> you know? They're not mm -hmm. just little character models walking around. They actually have stories and backgrounds and needs and wants and feelings, all that kind of stuff. And well, then Link's a, Awakening a... is like, it feels like a dream, I'd say, yeah. because the characters, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know why it feels like a dream. You play the game, <laughs> there's a reason for that. And they think the fact that the characters don't feel completely real actually supports mm. that quite a bit. But the minimal, you know, the minimal style of it with the, with the text is, it's very engaging. Mm -hmm. And it constantly makes these moments that feel like they have real emotional weight but i just felt like the relationship between link and zelda in skyward sword probably makes it zelda's best story i'd say that yeah, i've played 100%, so far 100 percent, 100 percent. the only one i would even the story i think yeah. is 
even better than um you know breath of the wild yeah 100 breath of the wild has a great story too and breath of the wild to me has the second best representation of zelda the only reason it's not the best version of zelda is because she's on screen for like 15 minutes or whatever in breath <laughs> of the wild you know like she's in a, mm-hmm. like a handful of cutscenes, whereas in skyward sword you get so much depth into her character and, it's, mm. and it's, i liked Marin and and what was his name tat tazin Taren. the mario Taren. looking guy Taryn, thank you Marin and Taryn, yeah Marin and Taryn, yeah and i like them but I, I just felt like i wish there was more i know there's like a lot of secret dialogue and stuff that you could do with Marin, but it just felt like you know it's a it's a different game you know it's comparing it's apples well, to oranges and, and a lot yeah. of it is you're, it's you're a comparing game a game from yeah. 1993 <laughs> yes. like remember this gentlemen mm-hmm. uh, it's different yeah it's different style <laughs> it's different gameplay it's like yeah but in terms of like looking at zelda overall you know sure. link's awakening phenomenal but Great. i definitely like skyward sword better i think objectively i think link's awakening might be the better game but in yeah, terms of personal interests, fo- you know, different focuses. Yeah. like, like, cause, cause like, that's a whole other can of worms. Like the two, one of these days we'll have, I don't know, maybe we can get some like Renan or somebody on from the site mm-hmm. to talk about like a Zelda the great ranking. Debate. Oh, God. You know what it was? A Zelda <laughs> ranking or even just like the conversation of 2d Zelda versus 3d Zelda. Do you know what I mean? Cause there's that such different be beasts. discussion right there. Yeah. There's such different animals. Um, if you get around to links, link to the past, uh, or you know any of those other 2D Zeldas, Mark? I would be interested to hear your hear your thoughts on those two because they are very you know there's just different design philosophies. Like the of course, 3D yeah. ones are they're grand epics and you're focused on story and character and all this stuff. And the 2D ones are very much about like okay, like what weird interesting things can we do with these puzzles? What you what you ought to do before the 3DS eShop closes in two months uh, <laughs> is pick up a linked, what's it called? Uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons for the Game Boy mm-hmm. Color, which are both, I don't know, $6 on the eShop right now, maybe $7. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's if you, if you want to see like, okay, they did Link's Awakening, what would that look like, you know, what a decade after that or, or whatever, whenever they decided to make those games. And it's like, they're very mm-hmm. interesting games. Um, and if you enjoyed the that style, that old school style, these those games provide some pretty cool gameplay. I think they're really, I think they still hold up in my opinion. But um, I did this game did make an impact on me because I bought the Zelda Game and Watch. Oh, nice! Man. Wow. Yeah, so I will get the try. I will get the try the original. Yeah, that's great. And I, you know what, Mark? The best part about the original is you're going to be shocked at how how much it is exactly the same game. Mm-hmm. like you're gonna be shocked yeah like, wow, I'm, they, I'm excited it's the same dialogue it. like that's crazy like mm-hmm. um oh it's great wow um also was he never called wart was wart just like never called wart in the original Link's awakening did people just like make that up who's wart oh you mean from from, from super mario, mario brothers 2 yeah i don't think oh. he ever was named wart in the game it's just you know who he is <laughs> it's the same gotcha. character model well, because like he has a name in, in there. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he has a name in the the remake. Yeah, he does. I don't remember what it is though. Me neither. And also, but you need him they, to get a song. They, yeah. Don't they call the Chain Chomp something else too? It's like Bow Wow. Yeah, yeah Bow Wow. Yeah, Bow Wow. Yeah, so yeah. they do the same thing basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like there's Goombas and stuff, but you never you never get them. You know, they're never named that or anything. It's just fun mm-hmm. fun little references. Um, there's a great, uh, not to shout out, you know, other things on our podcast. There's a great, like, did you know gaming about Link's Awakening? 
Um, I don't know if you I guys have to check that, that out now. Yeah, oh, it's really good. It's like six minutes long. It's great. Um, yeah, I love Digineer Gaming. They're he's, great. Oh my god, they're they're great, great, great team over there. Um, oh, this is just kind of some fun, fun little tidbits about uh, about the making of that game. Um, Campbell, what about yourself? What, what you mentioned, you you played through Link to the Past. Did you, did you manage to touch on anything else in your in your time? Yes, I am so excited to talk about my backlog because we've just spent the past forty minutes discussing Mark's <laughs> backlog of ten games. So much variety. You want to know what's in my backlog? You want to know the biggest game in my backlog that I played oh over the past few weeks? You want to know what it is? I do. I can't even predict it. It's Sonic Frontiers. Again. Yes. <laughs> you played it for yes. a second time. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, because I have a problem, I think. Um <laughs> and I should say it was not because I just play all on my own, but my brother and I were taking turns basically. He wanted to play gotcha. a lot of it after okay, I'd okay. finish it, but I did a large portion of that too. So most of the break gaming wise was spent with Sonic Frontiers, both with his save of the game and then me going in and trying to platinum it as well because did you platinum it i did not platinum it because i ran into the stupidest thing in this game i love sonic frontiers okay i will say though replaying the game exposed how much of the game is not great perhaps there's so much of it that's like downright bad annoying frustrating like the starfall mechanic is terrible it's very annoying um a lot i still don't understand the starfall yeah it's bad i don't know why they do and why the little slot machines have to point have to appear in the middle of the screen or the top oh, middle so of the screen where there's so much you want to see there like say if you're doing a you know mini game in the map and there's a time limit those slot machines appear right in front of the time limit so i have no idea how much time i have to do to complete this certain task or if i want to go if i place a beacon somewhere lo and behold starfall means that there's beacons all over the freaking island so you can't even tell where you're supposed to go it's you know that's just one example there's a lot of it but the reason why i didn't platinum it i've done every other trophy except the one to get 99 level stats in all of your stats yeah um, the reason why is <laughs> because a it takes a long time it takes yeah. a long time and because you need the cocos to level up your speed and your ring capacity and to level up those areas you have to talk to the elder coco and level them up one at a time one <laughs> a level at a time you can't just say, I have 500 Cocos, I want to put them all towards my speed. No, you have to say, you know, talk to the Coco and say, give me one more level of speed. Then he does this little animation, and he's like, anything else? And then you say, I want another level of speed. Does the same animation. <laughs> anything else? Yeah, I want one more speed. Does the Cameron, same animation. Can you confirm that Gerard did this? Uh, if you watch the video, if you if you watch the completionist video for Sonic Frontiers, he does mention this exact thing. Campbell, almost word for word, what you're talking about. Um, it's so bad. It's just bafflingly yeah. bad. I don't know why they couldn't do it some other way. Why they couldn't create a little UI item that just shows you also can't even see how many cocos you have on you at the moment, or how many it takes to get another level. Like you just have to talk to him, and he says. I can upgrade you or get more cocos, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that is it's it's it feels like a weird UI oversight. It's just for sure. really strange. So that's you why know there's I um done that. there's another game that has this problem, mm-hmm. Earthbound, but that was 1993. <laughs> yeah, at least it had the excuse of being from 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Sonic Frontiers, that's only excuse is that it's a Sonic game. So <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair, a pretty big excuse. Right? Like it gets <laughs> a lot it gets a lot of other stuff right, to be completely fair. Like I did all of the cyberspace levels. I've S ranked every single one of them. Wow. Gotten all oh, the man. areas on the map. Um yeah. It's, if you I liked love, it that much, I have to pick it up in the future. Yeah, yeah see, Mark, thing, I think it's really good, man. It's you like, really would like it because, yeah, I know I've talked about it. There are a lot of things wrong with it, but there were so many points that are just like, yes, this is what I've been waiting Son for Sonic to do my whole life, essentially, because I'm from the Sonic, Gener uh, Sonic Adventures 2 generation. You know, mm -hmm. like, that game was great, but flawed in so many ways. Since then, I've been waiting for, like, a worthy successor. It feels like Sonic Frontiers in its boss battles, in just zipping around these huge open areas, going into cyberspace. It's just this epic feeling of Sonic rolling around at the speed of sound that you've never gotten to have over the past... 15 years of sonic games so this this makes me want to bring up two things number right. one is sonic week is next week but we should talk about that after yes. have i ever told you guys what the one game is i've ever thrown out i think you did was it shadow yes yes <laughs> Cameron, shadow do you know about yes. this yes you told us about this yes Incredible. okay yeah, I don't know if I told it on the podcast before, but a friend of my, a friend of ours, my brother, gave it to him, and it was in such like despicable condition. <laughs> there was a like rot in the middle of the GameCube disc ring, and I wow. remember um, we were like, we at least got to try it, you know, we got to try this thing, and the game was just such utter shit, and we were like, nope, <laughs> we're not hanging on to this. Okay, but Mark though, right in the shadow trash. with a gun. Why would you Terrible. throw that out? You know? Yeah. I, I will say the opening cinematic to Shadow the Hedgehog is like one of the greatest pieces of animation ever <laughs> made. You know the guy who directed the Sonic movie directed that? I did really? know that. Yeah, that was Yeah, crazy. Jeff Flower. Yeah. It makes me He directed so the cinematics for that game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's brilliant. Yeah. And so you know, he better not screw up Project Shadow. <laughs> 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 if they don't have at least like a short moment in the Sonic 3 where, where he holds a gun. No, where Shadow picks up like an AK-47 or something and just goes to town on, you know, Eggman <laughs> or whatever, like, or gets on a motorcycle, just anything. He has to either have a gun or a motorcycle to make this a good movie. That's what I'll say. Um, but the other thing I want to add, though, is that we've got Sonic Frontiers is having free DLC throughout the rest of this year, including new characters. And it's always mm -hmm. my hope that we're going to have Shadow playable and with a gun because there is a Sonic Frontiers mod out there where you can play as a gun, which is brilliant. <laughs> so I think Sonic Team should like oh pick God. up on that. Yeah. That's extremely Would it be funny. like some cybernetic like gun? Like a No, it's you know, literally the... just a handgun. It's a Glock. That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. Uh Campbell, I hate to burst your bubble. In doing research for that very same episode that we were just talking about for the completionist, um, I'm pretty sure I came across an interview where the game director said they don't want to put Shadow in the game. Uh but, but that, listen, oh, that could change. Who knows? But why though? Why not? Bro, I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. They put Big I was about the to say they should. Game. I was yeah, literally about did. to say they should put Big the Cat in, but then I was like, Big, wait, he's oh, oh, I should add, Mark. No, that is honestly like one of the best parts of the game. They put Big the Cat in this game, <laughs> and he doesn't suck. He's one of my favorite parts of this game. Yeah, I love the fishing mini game. It's so good. Wow, it's that's good. a that it's is a so statement. Good because yeah, it's yeah, there, yeah. There's good a fishing, fishing mini game, mini game in a Sonic game. So good, like. 
<laughs> here's the thing like the mini game it's not complicated it's not hard at all but it's just so chill and yeah, the, relaxing. Yeah, the music is awesome the music is like, great yeah, and great. while you're doing the mini game you get so many cool items that you can pull up out of the water for some reason you can pull like springs and goal posts out you can catch those in the water which is random mm-hmm. you can also get like these voice logs that eggman made in cyberspace which get weirdly emotional which is great <laughs> like yeah. they do so much with this just this one little mini game and again but the biggest achievement big is actually cool so that's they did the thing that's always good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so funny yeah. um, what are you are you looking forward to sonic week i'm Anything very much looking forward for? to sonic week my hope is that uh we will get like an actual release date and more details for the free dlc for Sonic Frontiers, mm-hmm. just because they've announced it, we know there's a roadmap. We've already gotten some like holiday-themed costumes and stuff. But what mm-hmm. I really want is details on the new modes that they're adding to Sonic Frontiers. Because my biggest wish is that we get a boss rush mode. The bosses in this game are just brilliant. I keep talking about them. They're like the most fun I've had in Sonic in, de- in decades. It's everything I wanted the Super Sonic Battle to be. But once you beat the bosses, you can't replay them unless you saved like right before the boss battle and you just keep that save and reload it whenever you want to redo it. So what they really need is just a boss rush mode so you can keep replaying that, you know, get high scores, all that kind of stuff. Try out your new combos because I would love to go back to the first boss in the game now that I've gotten everything on the skill tree and just go to town with these you know, crazy combos that I've gotten since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think uh, they'll bring Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 to Switch? No. No? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Just unequivocally, no. <laughs> wow. I don't know. They've been talking They've been talking so long about how they want to bring Dreamcast games to Switch. Yeah. You know, I feel like they've been talking about it since before the Switch came out. You know, they, yeah. they will give They you, keep talking about it, They will give you 15 different ways to play <laughs> Sonic 2, to play Sega Genesis games, but there's, like, nothing for Dreamcast games. I would love it. It would be great if they had, like, a Sega Ages follow-up that was all Dreamcast games, or hell, even Saturn games. That would be great. But I just wow. don't believe it at this point. It would be fantastic bringing 1 and 2 to Switch. It would be great because those games are great, and you need a new legitimate way to play these games for the current generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. You know, This may have been like a, a midday delusion of mine, but didn't Sonic Adventure 2 to come to like Game Pass or something? Like the Xbox 360 release? I don't know. I know that Unleashed did, and it's amazing on Game Pass, apparently. But uh... I feel like Sonic Adventure 2 came to Game Pass recently for some reason. I'm Googling this now. Game Pass? It's, uh, it is on the Xbox Marketplace, but I don't think it's for free on Game Pass. No, gotcha. You can get it for So you can buy it on the Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless I'm missing I still will never get over the fact that they sold the battle mode separately. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Like, wow, a game that included this twenty years ago, and now it's being sold separately. I mean, yeah, it is Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Up. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you so don't get funny. the battle mode. <laughs> what a, what a, for the win. A wasted opportunity. <laughs> um, I uh, I want to circle back to Metroid Fusion, which uh, yes, of course, do, which yes. I loved. Um, I loved it. I did not think that i would love it and i completely loved it um you guys have you guys played both have either of you played that one i have not no, no. i have not oh, i actually i i tried it once 
And I know the first room in the game, it's like a box and you have to put like a bomb in the corner to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out and gave up right then and there. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Metrofusion is fantastic. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I, I've never completed any other 2D Metroid game before, but this one I actually beat the game, which is like unusual for me. Um, I've messed around with Super Metroid, never beat it. Uh, Metroid 1, same deal. Uh, Metroid Dread, I played I played it a lot when it came out. Never beat it, way too hard. But this game, Metroid Fusion, made me like, oh shoot, I want to like go back and like be a Metroid guy all of a sudden because, I don't know, it could be... Uh, I don't know if you guys know much about like the, the you know the, the fan reaction to this game. I think was kind of medium. Um, it's a very linear game. Like literally, there's a there's an AI computer that you go and talk to, and it's like, all right, go here, Samus. Your objective is this. Do you understand your objective? And it's like, okay, like it just tells you where to go, which is sort of a little bit of a. Uh, a break in form from what was established in Super Metroid and even the original Metroid. Um, but it kind of works for me. Like I liked the linearity of it and there's still that there's still room to like explore and find, you know, energy tanks and missiles and upgrades and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but like the main path is not, you know, you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours being like, where do I go next? I have no idea. It just kind of like points you in the direction of it, which is nice. Um, some of the picks I've ever seen, um, the Game Boy Advance was just such a beautiful, like, damn, the, the aesthetic on the Game Boy Advance, I think, is is really, I don't know, it's very mm -hmm. nostalgic for me. Um, oh, yeah, and, of and course. So, yeah. So playing playing that game was like, damn, like, this, it looks so good. Um, it is still insane that you cannot get that game in an easy way, especially, you know, come two months from now. Uh when they close the eShop. Like, I, it's it's pretty shocking to me that there's, like, no, you know, no easy legal way to play Metroid Fusion on a modern console. It's pretty, pretty baffling. Um, closest thing you can get to, I guess, is the Wii U. Or if you have, what is it, the Founders Edition? Like, the, yeah. the Insider's <laughs> Edition to the 3DS or whatever? Um, yeah, the Ambassador. Yeah. Ambassador, that's what it was. I was looking for the word Ambassador. Uh... I don't know. It's a shame. Well, like, if, if here's the thing, Metroid Prime, I believe, included this game for free, didn't it? Or was that Metroid Zero Mission? Metroid Zero Mission includes the original Metroid. Um, it's an unlockable, which is kind of cool. I don't think. Well, even Metroid Prime. Like, listen, <laughs> you're further proving my point, Mark. Um, <laughs> even if Metroid Prime, you know, includes a version of Metroid Fusion, guess what? You know where you can't get Metroid Prime? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> okay, anywhere. Um, oh, no. Okay, well. Maybe. Really this year. Watch. It, it could year. happen. I'll change. And it won't be included. And it won't be included. Exactly. It'll mm -hmm. be a separate thing. Um, mm -hmm. Game Boy so Advance I, I online. Let's go. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Listen, that would be great. Like, that if that happens, maybe I'll renew my, my uh, online Nintendo subscription because i let that last oh they'll, not... they'll get you to yeah they'll get you to renew it maybe They're thinking, not, they got have, something I have, cooking i have yeah. not even thought about it for for three months when they'll, it they'll get you thinking watch next yeah. month there'll be a direct i'm saying this come this september <laughs> which is when everybody who signed up for it when it first came out when their subscriptions will start to ex expire that's when they'll announce the gba online it could be like hey before it expires Please give us your money. 
please renew. <laughs> no, you know what it is, Campbell? Place. They'll announce Detroit. Game Boy Online. <laughs> they won't even get to Game Boy Advance. They'll just be like, like what if it's just Game & Watch Online? Oh my god. Not even Game just Boy. Be... Just Game & Watch. That would not... Give that, us would... GameCube. Oh my gosh. No, we're, no, we are all never all going to get GameCube. If we do, I think it's going to be like three years into the life of the Switch's successor. You know, here's the thing. With, with Mario 64, they took that you know, 3D All-Stars version and gave it to us to pay for it again, I think they'll do it again. Except Mario Sunshine. <laughs> wow. I think it'll happen. Eventually. And then will we have to know? wait like in 10 years or 15 years, they'll do the same for the Wii and have Mario Galaxy on there too. <laughs> so it just over the, the course of like 20 years, they progressively I... resell 3D All-Stars. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all gonna happen. That's I, I why they love... had to discontinue All Stars. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know we're not in the in the predictions business here, but uh, if if they if they made a imagine if they made a mini GameCube in the style of the SNES Mini, oh, the, that's the never gonna happen. I mean, I, <laughs> listen, I know if I'm aware. Pigs could fly too. Like <laughs> you can imagine anything, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. They just they don't want our money. No, they, not only do they not want our money, they also just refuse to acknowledge that the GameCube ever existed. Basically, it's weird. It's, it's been memory hold. Bizarre. They're wa- washing it out of history. Essentially, it's like mm-hmm. Nintendo history. You got See, the even, NES, isn't it like a floating NES. artifact in, uh, in Mario Galaxy Two? It's just like floating in midair. Oh, that's it's right. Delivered. It's in like the background and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, much, much like Nintendo's uh, own history, the GameCube is floating in the background. Uh, <laughs> only for those who look very carefully. Yeah, it's um, floating in the background right next to those aliens that are hidden in the background of that one Mario Galaxy. Wasn't <laughs> it so proven it's just like trees? I don't know if it was proven as much, but you mm, know, you can look yeah. at them. Even if those are trees, those are creepy as heck trees over yeah. there. You, know? you never Maybe, know. Oh, man, I should go back and finish Mario Galaxy again. Yeah, um, so good. You should every year. You got it. I, I, I listen. I I wish I was that guy who was like, I have my favorite game that I play every year, and I am not <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> it, it, I used to be. I used to be, but uh, not so much these days. These, these days, it's like, what's new? What's fresh? You know. Um, yeah, that that was really aside from Portal, Metro Infusion was the only other game I I fully finished um, over the last couple of weeks. But like like I said, I'm I'm coming up on the end of Chain Echoes. Um, I hope it I hope it manages to stick the landing. Uh, like I said, still very worth it, but uh, maybe a mm-hmm. little over long. I, I I wouldn't you know, listen. I think every game could afford to be a little <laughs> just for my sanity could afford to be like five <laughs> hours shorter. That would be great. Um, of course. But it's still, still a really fantastic game, and I do highly recommend it. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the awesome news that the Persona games came to Switch. Persona's 3, Portable, and Persona 4 Golden came to Switch. We're going to talk about that next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll get special guest James on again, James Cook, to to talk about Persona. We're going to come back. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit about these indies, um, and then we'll and then we'll call it a night. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. A little indie spotlight for you all. So we'll be back in a jiff. Thank you. 
Folly adieu, as uh, as they say. Um, we're back to talk about uh, some indies. Um, yeah, so over the break, or I would say, yeah, I guess it was over the break. It was over uh, maybe about a month ago. Uh, we got a, I've been playing Lone Ruin. Uh, I've been playing that off and on for the last month or so. And there is a review up on Goombastomp.com, a a what would you call it? like kind of an isometric roguelike action game uh very very similar to Hades uh, if, i know that we've all played Hades on this show um so literally picture Hades in your mind right that's sort of uh isometric viewpoint you're playing a little character um you have four attacks which are assigned to different face buttons um or i guess whatever buttons you want on the controller um you have a dash uh, you engage in waves of combat against enemies. You choose rooms to go into, and those rooms, you know, have upgrades or like treasure, or it's a shop or something like that. Um, it's 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 enjoyable, but I think it didn't quite scratch the itch I was hoping it would for me. Um, and I don't know if that's like an uh, I don't know if the game is not like as finely tuned as I was hoping. I felt like the the uh, the difficulty, we talked about difficulty spikes in Portal. I feel like the difficulty of this game spikes are all over the place. Um, the first like maybe 10, maybe like eight or 10 rooms you go to, enemies die and just like one or two hits. Like it's like pretty like, all right, like I think I got a handle on this. And then pretty much everything after the first boss is like, oh my gosh, like enemies are faster, more deadly, the game kind of, I don't know, not not quite a bullet hell, but they'll they'll start shooting like bullets, dozens of bullets at a time. It's like it gets really really hard really really quickly. Which I know that that's like sort of the appeal of this kind of a game. This is definitely a game that I think would be very popular with streamers. Like if you ever go on Twitch, it's very much like that kind of game where it's like you want people to be like cheering you on, like oh my gosh, like I overcame these crazy odds. For me, it doesn't. I don't know. It was a little too. Rep- Competitive, even despite it being a roguelike and you have lots of options for weapons and you can create different builds for your little character, it doesn't quite hit the highs of something like the Binding of Isaac or Hades in my mind. If you were going to directly compare it to those kinds of games, um, still enjoyable, incredible soundtrack, really like beats, like vaporwave, uh, uh, kind of like a. You ever played Hotline Miami? It's like kind of like Hotline Miami soundtrack, um, <laughs> really hardcore, and the and the aesthetic is cool. The pixel art—it's not quite pixel art. It's like a, it looks like voxels almost. Like if you're playing like Resogun or something, it's it looks kind of like that. <laughs> um, I guess it is pixels. Oh, I love Resogun. <laughs> oh my god, Resogun's like one of the top games. Oh, incredible. Um, not available on Switch, unfortunately, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but a great game nonetheless. Sad. Um, 
Refugees. Sad. Uh, I believe Sony bought the studio that makes that game. So yes. they, probably they made some it. indie game called Returnal. Yes, Must have been Returnal? good or something. <laughs> yeah. And why isn't Returnal on Switch? Why too? put re- cloud <laughs> version of Returnal when? Let's go. <laughs> cloud um, version. Oh, that's horrible. Can you imagine? Um, so yeah, so I enjoyed Lone Ruin. I didn't love it, um, I will say. I, 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 It's a fun game. Maybe I'll go back to it, but um, it didn't... It, it's like... If you're going to directly compare it to the games that it is in the same genre, to me, it's like I would rather, and like it sucks to say this, I would rather play Hades than Lone Ruin. Uh, they're both very similar games. Like, well, I'll just take the one that's like extremely polished versus the one that's a little bit rougher around the edges. Still really fun. Um, and if you like, if you love the genre and you just like want more games in that space, I think it might it might land for you. But it didn't it didn't blow me away as much as I hoped that it would. Um, mm. Still fun, just not amazing. And that's my my little summary on Lone Ruin. I do have a review up on the site if you get the chance to read it. Um, but Campbell, why don't you talk about the game that you've been playing for your indie spotlight? Yes, sir. And before I talk about that game, I just want to reflect a little bit on the game characters we got to experience over the past year. You know, sure. we had knights wielding shovels. We had gods of war. We had kids who also happened to be squids. But you know one kind of game character that we've been missing over the past few years? It's robot ninjas. We need more (laughs) robot ninjas in games. And thankfully, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider has just come out. It's on Switch. It's on everything. It is a 2D, hardcore, retro action platformer about a robot ninja. Right? Like, the most badass title. It means absolutely nothing. It's like Metal Gear Solid. Just random words stapled together. And the thing is, like, the character is called Moonrider. And Vengeful Guardian means nothing because he's not a guardian. And he has nothing to be vengeful about. He's just running around killing people. And you know what? That's fine. He's an anarchist little robot ninja. He looks more like a samurai, but the PR, everything calls him a ninja. So, well, let it be. He's a robot ninja. Uh, This is a retro-style action game in the style of Shinobi or Strider um, or even Mega Man X as well. It's kind of like a mix of Shinobi, Strider, and Mega Man X, I would say. You take the role of the eponymous, um, eponymous Moonrider. You mm-hmm. wake up, you're in this world that has just been taken over by some sort of, like, evil totalitarian committee. And it's very, like, uh, presented as if it's, like, an 80s or 90s action movie. The committee is some, like, very close... Uh, it resembles, like, a Latin American communist regime, something like that. Um, and they've taken over the world. Vengeful Guardian Moonrider is this... Um, some sort of robotic uh, super soldier that the committee made to protect the regime. Robocop. It's like Robocop. And then for some reason, the Moonrider is just like, nah, I don't want to do this. So he just breaks out of his lab, kills the scientists and guards who are watching over him, and just embarks on this like killing spree throughout the world to take down the authoritarian regime you know, fight all of the robots, the guardians that they've had, and eventually, you know, liberate the entire world. I don't know what he's... He doesn't have anything to be vengeful about because nothing has been done to him. Basically, he created him, so if anything, he should be thankful to the people who built him. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. The gameplay plays out... <laughs> like, here's the... I will get God. this out of the way. The story is terrible. 
<laughs> this game sure. it well, has, it's very 80s it sounds it's very like. 80s mm-hmm. but they they kind of lean into that but the writing is all over the place mm-hmm. um and the it really leaned into how the guardian has no motivation for doing anything that he's doing there's one very memorable dialogue exchange where you finish a level you're up against the boss and the boss says i can't believe you made it this far what are you doing here and the Moonrider responds, and I quote, I don't even know why I'm here. Which is a very inspiring line to hear from your daring hero. Um, and then the boss responds by saying, that's because you're a dipshit. So, you know, <laughs> great writing in this game. Yeah. Oscar-worthy <laughs> writing. Oscar-award-winning w- writing. My brother was watching me play, and we just busted up for like a few minutes straight after that line, just because it's so out of pocket. But that's so funny. The writing is bad, and also like the story. Even when you get to the final boss, there's no real indication that it is the final boss. I didn't know why this character was the final foe that I was supposed to be taking down. The game just kind of ended after that boss, and I was like, okay. I mean, that boss had two phases, so I guess it felt climactic, but the game just ended. Okay. Now but you still really love this game. Yes, I was gonna say all of that out of the way. This game is great (laughs) because this is an action game. You don't play it for the story. You play it for these hardcore levels that are, I will say, just extremely, extremely difficult. So plays out exactly like if you've ever played Shinobi, you've ever played Strider. It's just like that. You run from left to right. There's like uh, nine levels. I guess eight levels in the main campaign plus two extra levels towards the end. Um, each one follows the same formula. You go through the level, fight the enemies. You, there are some items to pick up. There's a boss at the end. And it also follows a Mega Man X style progression where you can take each level in any order you want. And mm. then each time you fight a boss, you get a new upgrade that you can then gotcha. use in sub- subsequent levels. And you know it's these upgrades to me that really make the game as fun as it is because the level design is good. The most important thing is that the controls feel rock solid as you're you know running through you always the the attacks the jumping everything feels predictable and solid so that way even though it's throwing you know dozens of enemies at you at once these really crazy platforming challenges where you have to you know wall jump up and down while avoiding three separate enemies that are shooting at you plus one that's on the ledge that's like waiting to strike you as soon as you jump towards it there's a lot to keep track of at once but because the controls feel so reliable every time i die and there was it happened a lot i'll just say it happened quite often uh, i became very familiar with the game over screen during my time with vengeful guardian moonrider but i always realized hey that's on me because i am bad at video games the game <laughs> itself is good and if i just got good then i could do this um and each level most this is the thing i think is really cool too is each level feels completely unique compared to the rest uh it's not like they're cookie cutter levels instead each one has its own gimmick so for example there is one that takes place in this like forest construction facility where you're running around and in the background there's this giant robot that's constantly appearing in the background shooting at you from behind you can't attack him so you have to watch out for the missiles are constantly falling as he's attacking you while dealing with all the enemies that are in front of you and dealing with some sections of the level literally disintegrating behind you and then the things that really that makes that level really cool is when you have several boss battles in that level against that same robot 
Um, it makes the whole thing feel cohesive and each battle feel more climactic. And you just really hate this guy because he's so annoying. <laughs> so by the time you actually do get to the final battle with him, it's just like, oh, you're going down. I, I hate you. I hate you so much. Let's get this This done. is like a... It's like an 80s Schwarzenegger movie. It's like you just want to watch him blow shit up. Mm -hmm. No one cares about the rest. Yeah, and it's also great because a lot of the enemies are robots. A lot of them are humans or humanoids. Or there's a few, like, monster enemies as well. Each organic enemy you fight screams and explodes in, like, a huge gush of blood, too. Which is very nice. This is a rather Mm -hmm. gory game. I should mention that. And there are some animations that are a little grisly. Uh, So it is, again, leaning into that 80s uh, sci-fi action vibe um but yeah it's just so the variety to me is where it's really is really so satisfying because each level you don't know what to expect from it and then when you get the upgrades the upgrades range from like your standard expected abilities like oh you've got some shurikens you've got a flamethrower and then there's one where you can summon a demon that will just stab everything in a straight line across the screen like it's just a giant tentacle that juts out of an interdimensional portal like that's pretty cool you know? No notes. <laughs> yeah, no notes, right? It's good. It's very cool. They they really they get that absurdity in there. It's a balance of both, you know, being a mix of all the retro greats that inspired it, very clearly inspired it, while throwing in these ideas that are their own creations. You know, so to me, that's mm-hmm. what's really great about this game. It is, um, again very challenging it's a hard game and so if you don't have patience to um you know die a dozen times per level get the game over it has a lives system as well so you can both die and go back to the start of a section or get a game over once you run out of lives and you have to restart the level itself which is a bit of a bummer but i will say this it is fairly generous with both checkpoints and with additional health and lives so it doesn't feel cruel. It's it's tough. It's demanding. But it gives you the tools, and each time you die, it's not like you lose a massive amount of progress. You know, it may be frustrating if you're fighting a 10-minute-long boss battle and you die towards the very end. But, you know, the, at least the checkpoint is right in front of the boss room, you know. I'm happy to hear the checkpoints are good because I'm currently reviewing a game, and I can't yes. say the name, but the <laughs> save points are busted that's what yeah. i'm saying All it's experiences say. like that that make you appreciate when the game does it right you know and to me mm-hmm. when i found out this game had a live system i'm like man this could be one of those retro games that just really punishes you like to me cruelly now because so many games now have done away with live systems you know whenever you play one that does have it it feels a little bit like it's going back in time but thankfully mm-hmm. they're they're pretty cool with it it's not not unnecessarily uh, mean basically with it mm-hmm. so that's vengeful guardian moonrider you know it is it's tough it's demanding but if you want a retro style action game i don't think it gets much better than this you know we had the last time we had a robot ninja game was cyber shadow back mm-hmm. in 2021 around this same mm-hmm. time of the year and this game really gave me big cyber shadow vibes um you know it has a lot of the same inspirations it's a lot darker than cyber shadow um which you know one should probably expect compared to a game from yacht club games but um it's just really solid and one more thing i should add is that the developers behind vengeful guardian moonrider were the same team that made blazing chrome which was uh are you guys familiar with that game i am i am never heard of blazing chrome yes Uh, i think it was a i think it was on 
Oh boy, I want to say it was a PS Plus giveaway from like forever ago. I believe like, it it's, was. it's a game I've yeah. I've played very briefly. Yes. Yeah, uh, Blazing Chrome had the novelty of being an actually good Contra game that released in 2019. The only what good concept. Contra game that released in 2019. <laughs> um, so you know they know the team behind this game. I, I can't remember their name off the top of my head. One sec, I want to make sure I mention them. Um, Joy Masher, there you go. And it's also published by the arcade crew in Dodimu. Uh, so it's a great team behind the game. They know what they're doing. They know how to... If it's Dodimu, it's usually good. Exactly. I mean, they publish it. They're not the developers, but... Um, mm-hmm. you know, they just you have see, a good eye for publishing. Yeah, if you see their logo, you know it's going to be good. The, the, the team at Joy Mashers, they really know how to respect these classic series and these classic retro gameplay styles while putting their own spin on it and not being just a rehash of the past. And the, the and one other thing I almost forgot to mention is just that, you know, you watch a trailer for Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, watch some gameplay. This game is stunning. Like, visually, it is a really, really beautiful game. The pixel art is fantastic. Every character model is extremely detailed. And the little details in the background are really cool, too, as it brings this, like, fallen dystopian world to life. It just looks so good. It's very clearly hearkening back to you know your ps1 games both a mixture of like ps1 and 16-bit games but like Mm -hmm. a lot of these retro games these days it's not limiting itself to those platforms limitations but instead it's taking that artistic style of really detailed pixel art and just throwing all of the modern technology that they have and capabilities into making it as beautiful as it can be. You may not be able to appreciate the art in the moment because you're probably going to be mostly panicked each time you're playing the game because like, oh my god, there's another boss. Oh my god, this enemy's coming up. Oh my god, am I going to make this jump? You know, but when you look back on it, it is a very beautiful game paired with a really good soundtrack too, which has both a... Like an 80s synth pop, synth rock vibe to it, paired with some like East Asian sounding instrumentation to it, which I think is a cool balance. And again, taking inspiration probably from the the ninja side of it. So that's Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. It's good. (laughs) Be prepared for pain if you play it, but it's a very rewarding kind of pain, I'd say. If you're looking for um, a 2D action game in the veins of Mega Man X or Shinobi, you know, Sega should really make another Shinobi game, by the way. It's been far, far too long. Um, But Vengeful Guardian Moonrider should absolutely scratch that itch. Nice. Yeah, it looks really good. And uh, listen, robot ninjas or, you know, robot samurai are always, always welcome. Um, so yeah, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. Do, do you have a little re- written review for the site or anything? That I do. Go check it Incredible. out. Incredible. Um, lovely, lovely. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for us. We've talked long enough, I think. Um Anything else we got to shout out, Mark? You don't have any indie spotlights you can talk about this time around, right? Yeah, we'll save it for another time. Save it for another time. Fair enough. All right, fair enough. Uh, So we'll wrap it there then. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find me over on Twitter. I'm at Action Daxon. And, of course, my writing is available over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, oh, gosh, I just had a total brain meltdown there. Uh, of course, you can <laughs> you can read my review for Lone Ruin up on the site, um, among many other fun little pieces. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? 
You can find me at the Markel. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me over on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, over on Goomstomp.com, I was on a little break, so I wasn't writing, but I did edit a bunch of people's work, and I will say go check out our Persona coverage. We have per- reviews for Persona 4, Persona 3. Um, we have, like, a tips guide. We'll have the ending explain if you need... Or not ending explain, a guide to get the ending if you need help getting the secret endings of Persona 4 and Persona 3. Uh, yeah, we'll have a, a lot of Persona stuff, and then uh, we'll talk about that game that I've mentioned now twice uh, after the 30th. Yes, yes, I'm eagerly awaiting the uh, the epic review of uh, that particular <laughs> game, Mark. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Where can people find you? Uh, shockingly, you can find my games writing, as always, at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, I've got, as Mark just alluded to, a written review of Persona 4 Golden on Switch. Spoilers, it's a pretty good game, so please do check out that article. Uh, I've also got a written review of Eventual Guardian Moonrider, which, as you may have gathered over the past 15 minutes, is also a pretty good game. Lastly, an indie game spotlight that went up this weekend. So go check out all of those articles, and if you want to catch up with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. Bam. Uh, N-Express is also on social media. We're on Twitter at Nintendo. Don't forget to rate, review, star, comment, all the things on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, more engagement, always good for us. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>